Welcome to the Pharos Fit Podcast, where we help you to explore your capacity to move better, push further, and achieve your limitless potential through fitness, nutrition, recovery, and lifestyle. Hey guys, welcome back to the Pharos Fit Podcast. Uh, nice to be back with you guys again. I'm staring across at two very beautiful things right now. It's a it's a green microphone sponge and a pink microphone sponge. It looks like we've really upgraded here, Brandon. Big time. We went from we went from the dullness of black to the brightness of green and uh, and purple. Uh, behind those microphones are two other beautiful people. Um, I got uh, Mia Paziali. Parziali. Yeah, Parziali. <laughs> and uh, Tyler Manzo. Tyler Manzo. There you go. You were selling that. <laughs> we're, gonna um, there, we're going there. <laughs> we're going there. We're going there. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit about that, in a bit, actually, your, your heritage, where you guys come from. Um, and this podcast today, we're going to go very deeply into the Sprint program, which is one of our one of our most popular programs historically at Ferris Athletic Club. Um, it's going to be a big part of uh, what we do going forward. So um, Tyler uh, is the creator of the program. Amir is the Jedi, his, his new Jedi that he's taking on to help him with that program. So we're going to talk a lot about that, what it is, what it does, who it's for, what the benefits of it are, and how it's going to look moving forward. Um, and I also really want to just introduce these two to you because I know some of you guys out there are very familiar with them and some of you guys aren't so much. So um, I, want to, I want you guys to, to, to know who they are and where they come from and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> and then we have some nutrition stuff that we're going to go into uh, and also just some general questions about uh, our our place in the fitness industry and what our, our purpose is going forward um, as fitness professionals. So uh, Mia, let's yes. start with you. Mia, star of TikTok oh, no. and, uh, and fitness <laughs> yes. professional. That's embarrassing. Okay. And uh, yeah, tell us about yourself. Where do you come from? How did you get into this whole thing? And yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, so growing up, I played sports, um, and then what sports did you play? I played softball oh, cool. for seven years. Yeah. Um, so grew up in a sporty house, um, and then didn't really take fitness and nutrition that seriously until a little later on in life, probably like after college, mm. I'd say. Um, when I moved out to LA about five years ago is when I started to get into it. Um, I hired a trainer, I had two trainers for a while. Uh, still didn't really know what I was doing, didn't really know what kind of style of workouts I liked, like right. actually liked. Um, and You're then doing a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything, yeah. yeah. And then um, I was training with a group that was more of like a football style camp, boot camp oh, cool. type thing. And that's what I had the most fun doing. Mm. Um, and then I found Pharaohs and started getting into, you know, more weightlifting and things like that. But then found Sprint, which reminded me a lot of the football style stuff that I was doing. Yeah. Um, so then got more into that as well. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. And um, so, so growing up, you played a lot of sports. Did you have like siblings? Did they did they play sports? Did they like? Uh, I had a younger brother, but he we were like nine years apart. So it was really right, just right. me for the just most you. part growing up. Cool, yeah. Cool. Yeah. And did that go very far, or was it just like recreational? Was it just yeah, fun? just recreational? Yeah. yeah it got didn't like fell out of the love of working out for a while and then got into you know got college and <laughs> partied okay. a bit and then got back into it cool yeah. and ty um obviously a lot of the guys out there know who you are but um obviously you've been with us since the start pretty much um so why don't you just refresh everyone's memory so tyler manzo um star of OnlyFans, <laughs> uh, and the uh, 
<laughs> and the sprint coordinator. Uh, let's let's hear from you. Who are you? Um, who are you? Who am I? Who am I? I go by Ty. I go by Tyler. I go by Manzo. I go by all these other labels. Um, so yeah. So I mean, basically, I mean, from the get go, I uh, I grew up in a around. So I was born in California, and then I moved to New Jersey, and then I moved to Colorado later after that, back to New York, and then overall back into uh, California. Um, grew up playing sports. Uh, I was a three-sport athlete always. Usually, I grew up playing um, baseball, football, and um, basketball. And then puberty came around, even though Brandon's sitting right next to me, and he's a baller at, like, what, 5'10". Um, you know, I sprouted up pretty quick. I was good at basketball, and then everybody sprouted up next to me. I'm about, <laughs> you know, I'm a solid 5'8 and a half. Thank you. Um, and uh, so I stopped playing basketball. And um, then in high school, um, I, I was always quick, so I turned into uh, more of a track athlete as well right. as football. Um, and why I gave up baseball, uh, even though I, I didn't enjoy the sport as much, I was, I was okay at it, but my track coach was like, listen, this is going to be a better turnover from uh, track and field into football. Uh, so I was a recruited athlete for football as well as track, and um, I ended up getting a couple injuries, uh, had, had, you know, everybody that's played football, man, it probably has had a couple injuries, had a concussion, then had a shoulder surgery, ended up taking track and field a little bit more seriously because of it and my size. Um, I was in, uh, you know, USA juniors track and, track and field over in Colorado and then ended up playing, um, ended up getting recruited for track and field, small school, Metro State in Denver, shout out Metro State, um, and uh, ran track, couple of years and then just really didn't take it seriously anymore because wasn't going to the Olympics um, yeah. and uh, college took about got into from there it was sophomore year so I, had a, I had like had a semester that felt like a lifetime of out of sports um, and I got into uh, uh, well I started in hospitality management and I was working with a company that I ran into a guy who looked like Thor this guy Grayson and he was doing CrossFit. I was like, yo, what are you doing? Cause you only, and this is back in the day, right? So yeah. like this guy's only eating bacon and steak. And I'm like, and you look like Thor. I was like, I gotta try this thing called CrossFit. And I got into CrossFit and he's like, you're all right at it. So like become a coach, did the whole thing. Moved over to New York, did the coaching, moved over to LA, did coaching, met, um, I met your wife, Emily, and she yeah. was starting this gym, Ferrison. Lo and behold, I mean, long story short, that's it. That's yeah. Tyler Manzo in a nutshell. <laughs> and um, for, from both of you, I'm kind of detecting like this kind of like um, this love. I mean, Tyler, you 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 played football fairly extensively. Me, Mia, you mentioned like you were doing that kind of training before you came to Faros. Mm -hmm. And I think the evolution of that into sprint is pretty tight, right? You'd say it's a yeah. fairly Definitely. similar thing. So anybody that has like played football in the past or has that kind of a background is going to enjoy that kind of mm -hmm. training because it's familiar um it's effective um i, I think uh, certainly anybody that I, I know that's done it also from the uk like anybody that has a rugby background or a, or a oh, soccer yeah. background you know that kind of training comes you know very very easily to them but also something that, that has such a strong relationship to the way that they grew up um, I think it has a, a huge, a huge benefit just physically and, and mentally for those people. So that kind of leads us naturally into the, the sprint program. So oops, my pen. Let's talk a little bit about what sprint is. Um, 
you know, who it's for, what it does, and that kind of thing. And then Tyler, why don't you start with it because you basically develop yeah. a program and then we'll, we'll ask me some, some other questions. Um, so yeah, Sprint, I was, uh, I was coming off of training uh, with uh, preseason NFL guys and we were doing a lot of a lot of basic stuff. We were doing a lot of strength and conditioning, right? Getting them prepared for minicamp. Not a whole lot of um, what we do, I would say, in sprint. And it kind of dawned on me there where I was like, you know, it's interesting, like you said, people that go through high school, especially we have a lot of people that go through middle school, high school with sports, um, from a society thing to just a cultural thing, as well as, you know, they, they enjoy it and they, they're good at it. And then, college comes around and we hear at a certain age and we always hear the story like I you know I used to be this high school athlete and yeah. <laughs> the, the golden days right or the glory days shout out Bruce Springsteen yeah and uh and and it, and it, it evolved from there because I was like there's no reason why we have to necessarily stop um if we can design a program that is not necessarily as extensive and impactful on let's say the body as a practice would um, but you're going to get a full hour of a lot of movement um, and body weight movement from an agility as well as uh, cardiovascular standpoint. You know, we have we have these runners. We have these uh, techno gym runners. Anybody has been here in Ferros and they're great. They, they turn into a sled push. They're they're amazing to run on. They're low impact um, treadmills. And then there's box jumps and hurdles and all this stuff. So I was like, how can we design something that caters to all? You don't have to necessarily play a sport, but also caters to the people that did play a sport. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it just went it went from there, really. And it was like it was definitely a learn by I go kind of programming sense. What I can do, what I can't do. Um, you know, a lot of people, I think, think of sports and they're like, oh, I can't go. I can't even go play kickball without getting injured. And. I'm not saying this from, you know, a gloating standpoint, but no one's really ever gotten hurt in sprint. Um, yeah. It's pretty low impact. Uh, you know, you're going to be running a lot. You're going to be sprinting a lot. Uh, you're going to be moving side to side. But there's no reason why you can't necessarily go from high school, college right into it or take some time off and go from there as well. Um, I think we all have this internal athlete, quote unquote, inside of us um, that sprint just kind of fires up. Yeah, and I, I think for me, it's like when, when I when I look at sprint as a program, and obviously when I when I've taken sprint, I think there is, there is no better conditioning tool on earth than just sprints, <laughs> like interval sprints. Absolutely, uh, and it, it takes it down to its bare bones. And we do do some circuit stuff, obviously, but when we're just saying, you know, whether it's a hundred meter sprints, two hundred meter sprints, three hundred meter sprints, four hundred meter sprints, whatever it is, just that basic tough conditioning of you against the clock on the treadmill that the, there is. You know, there's nowhere to hide there's nowhere to like trick it you can't trick it you can't game it you either run that fast or you don't and that's simple it's so simple and it's so effective and it's so natural it's such a natural thing for us to do that i think people just kind of fall in love with it uh, mm -hmm. pretty quickly and mia i know because you were a fan before you were a coach obviously right. and you i think you were pretty much taking sprint from the beginning and then you you continued to take it um over the years and now of course you're coaching it. Yeah. Um, so tell us about that journey. What 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 appealed to Sprint? What what about Sprint appealed to you? And why did you love it so much? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to start off by saying that I'm not a runner. Like I right. was never a runner. I never enjoyed running. It was not my thing. But I'm very competitive. 
Um, so I know a lot of people when they hear sprint, they're like, oh no, I can't, I, I don't want to like just sprint. And it's like, that's not what the whole class is. It's like, there's so much to it. Um, there's so many different aspects of it that you can like compete with your, you know, classmates, whatever. And, uh, it's, it's fun. And that's what I really like liked about it was that it's kind of like, you're not just in your own head you're like you're with a group they're all very supportive and um it's it's just a fun way to do stuff that you may not want to do sometimes um but i have become such a better like athlete in general even when it comes to when i do weightlifting and things like that because i'm building my endurance through this class and you know when i started doing the football camp, it was more for, I just, I was actually, I wanted to lose weight. Like that was my yeah. main goal. And it was the most effective thing that I had done, um, adding weights like as well. But um, it was a matter of, yeah, taking things that I wasn't very good at, but like enjoying the people that I was like with and it became a team effort and got results from it. And yeah, it was just like a full package deal. And what I, what I found was like, I don't think anybody had taught me how to like sprint properly until I taken Tyler's class. Mm-hmm. Did you have that as well? Yeah, there were definitely, <laughs> I definitely needed um, critiquing for sure. I learned a lot from taking it from Tyler. And I think that that does kind of like, cause you can go to other gyms where it's like, you just like, oh, you're gonna do this and then you gotta run the treadmill for X amount of time, then you can do that. Mm-hmm. But they don't really take the time to say, well, this is, this is how you run. This is how we sprint. This is what you need to be doing to yeah. to improve your it's time. It's tech. It's a technical thing, mm-hmm. um, and like all of our programs here, I think if, if we can emphasize that technical ability in the beginning, then the, then the conditioning part of it becomes a lot more rewarding because not only are you working hard, but you're also working hard in the right way, which I think is what a lot of people do wrong. Um, I, I, that's one of the, the big things that I really love about this program and the, what Tyler did with it from the beginning was he really took the time to think about like, well, how do we get people better at running? And then how do we get them to run in different ways over the course of weeks and months mm-hmm. and, and years and so forth? Because like I said, guys, we, we do a lot of uh, uh, different distances, mainly sprintish shorter distances, obviously Absolutely. because of the, the nature of it. Um, what's, what's the shortest distance you'll do? 60. Like 60 meters, yeah. 60, yeah. We do it in meters because we got meters yeah, yeah. Uh, 60 meters 80 meters 100 meters 200 meters 150 meters all that kind of yeah, stuff 150s mid distance 300s which is not you know a traditional track and field all the way up um the most you'll ever run anybody out there that's scared of running the most you'll ever run is 800 at a time yeah 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 which anybody that runs an 800 you know it's not very fun it's not very fun <laughs> it's it's hard um but again it, it's a very i find it a very almost like mentally um challenging but also it has such a clarity to it because like it's a set distance it's a set time and you're not confused by anything else um and i think i think the the relationship that people have with sprint is very similar to that relationship people have with crossfit in the beginning because it was like like you were saying releases their inner athlete so it is like that that kind of like that sensation of being an athlete that comes out but what i love about sprint is it's not diluted by anything else you can't like i said you can't game it you can't like practice your way around it you either you either do it or you don't and that kind of like go stop go stop go stop mm-hmm. you know and i think that is you know and 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 like we can you know go in depth it's not just running to a certain extent like you will pick up um you'll be doing box jumps you'll be doing ladder drills you'll be doing um hurdle drills you'll be doing a loaded um jumps we work a lot on core but what's interesting about it is that 
I think the competitive nature that Mia was talking about is that you're not under load. So when you're doing a back squat, you know, a lot of people were like, well, there's a certain amount of finite reps that you have, let's say underneath a hundred pound back squat for person to person. Now it's just you against you because it's all body weight. So either there's this weird thing that happens with people that take sprint, um, that they do, they come in and, and there's no reason for you to stop because there's no limit with weight. Right. Uh, and, and when they, when they realize that they start to have this inner competitive nature with themselves because there is no real, it's all mental at that point. Yeah. Um, yes, there's definitely a physical ability. There's VO2 maxes, there's cardio conditioning, hundred percent and muscular endurance, but with sprint being no weight, it, um, it really plays with the in, in, internal clock inside of your brain. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Now, I think we can all agree like sprint is basically a hit program, right? It's a high intensity training Absolutely. program. Mm -hmm. As coaches with your clients, do you find yourself, you know, gearing more towards that kind of programming or more towards less programming, like a, a lower intensity steady state kind of cardio, or do you find both come in or? I mean, obviously, your 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 punch on and your passion is for mm -hmm. this kind of training. Yeah, absolutely. But you also, I mean, you got your knee thing right now, but you usually run a fair bit long distance. And yeah, so I do. I, well, no, not I would say not long. I would say uh, I cap usually at like a five k. Yeah. Um, I think, God bless you if you run past that. Uh, <laughs> no, um, but uh, yeah, I think that. Um, sprinting in general from a coach's perspective of like you know coaching clients or anything like that outside of this uh i'm always looking for the stimulus that we're necessarily not touching as much right so um with that with sprinting it's it's a giant stimulus yeah um and you can only you know and you progress so it's always a continuous stimulus and it's a pretty fast stimulus you can get pretty quick Pretty, pretty quick, <laughs> yeah, pretty quickly. Um, yeah. So you're always continuously kind of excelling yeah. yourself. Yeah, and it's, it's a very trackable progress. Exactly, right? Because Absolutely. it's a set distance, it's a set time, you can see yourself getting better quickly. Mm -hmm. And although we talked about you bringing in the technical aspect of it, it's a low technical demand. As mm -hmm. in, you're not trying to learn how to do a muscle up, you're not trying to learn how to do a double under. Yeah, You either Absolutely. run it or you don't. And, you, and you'd be surprised a lot of people that you know, I'll see in class, they'll come up and be like, listen, I'm not an athlete. And, and I, I, I have fun with this class because it is like track practice or PE yeah. class or like, like me was saying the camaraderie and everything. And, and at the end of those classes, I'm like, you are like, you just don't, you just didn't right. know it. And, right. um, because I think, I think we're, you know, we're born to run. Yeah, another Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, <laughs> we're just gonna keep on going with these. Yeah. And we <laughs> have modifications and stuff too. So a lot of people that come in who right. see everyone who's been taking the class forever, they get you know intimidated or might get intimidated. But there are so many modifications that you can do Absolutely. that makes it you know doable for everyone. Yeah. And how do you how do you kind of get the best out of people in this in this situation in this sprint class? How have you found you really like connect with people and? And let because I, I think you're right I think there's always a certain amount of inhibition when it goes into this kind of thing mm -hmm. how do you get past that that wall of inhibition and, and allow people to just kind of let themselves go a bit look at me yeah <laughs> <laughs> um I think the best way to describe it is that we're involved in there yeah like 
they look at coaches, you know, me a strong girl, um, and you're looking at somebody, you're trying to coach somebody, and they kind of look at you like, well, it's easier for you to say, like, you deadlift 300 pounds. And yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we're, we're a little bit stronger, a little bit, and we're coaching people, but we all know how bad a 60 meter, a hundred meter sprint feels or 200 meter repeats. Mm -hmm. We've all been there. Like, it's yeah. not easier for me because yeah. it is max effort. It is hit. It's, it's, it's as hard as you can go, you know, under, we do 75%, 80%. We do, there's more technicality to it, but I've been there with you. I, I know what it feels like. It's the exact same feeling you're feeling right now. I've felt as well. Yeah, it's empathy, right? It's yeah, saying like, I know absolutely. how this feels. I know what you're going through. Yeah. I mean, like you were saying, you want a sprinter, you want a runner. No. Like you, you taught yourself how to do this <laughs> yeah, in a relatively a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. Like five years ago, no way you could do the shit you could do no, now, right? Absolutely not. <laughs> and now you're, you know, now you are who you are. You know, that, that's always the great thing about um, when you see coaches coming through and when you see people making progress, I always, I always think, God, I wish I'd recorded their first ever session in the gym and yeah, then played it back to absolutely. them like five years later because it's, it's so fascinating. Like I always you know, say about the story that people tell themselves. You know, people tell themselves a story, well, I'm not an athlete and I can't do that. Well, I want to sit them down at the beginning and say, okay, I want you to say this sentence. I'm not an athlete, I can't do that. And I'm going to record your session and then in a year's time, two years' time, we're going to play it back. I'm going to tell you what you told me and then we're going to review because it's fascinating how how quickly people progress and how the, the way that they view themselves changes over the course of time. It's always a, always a fascinating thing for me. Um, so moving forward, Ty, like, you know, obviously you developed the sprint program. We were going so strong before quarantine. Mm -hmm. um, classes were, were packed. Um, and then people have taken some time out, although we've been doing obviously the virtual and we've been doing outside, which was kind of a, you know, a transition we were forced into, but, you know, people getting people outside and sprinting has its own has its own benefits as well. Um, but moving forward from this point, like how do you see the sprint program kind of developing over the, the last year? Is there anything that you want to do differently that you did before, or you just want to keep making progress from where you were, or how do you see it panning out? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, you know, it, it, every every single time we're talking about this, every single sentence, I'm I'm picturing. You know, we we started out with the the main gym, right, and that's where Sprint started. And the yeah, treadmills were down there, so I'm just getting flashbacks of how it started, or how yeah. you know what I mean, yeah. and and where we've gone, and and then it was outside, back to inside, and all this stuff, and and right before the quarantine, like you said, it you know classes were packed. I had to modify the um, the actual program in itself. It used to be. I would say, you know, it always has a strength program and involved with the conditioning as well as set amount of sprints, vice versa. Um, now, being that it is a class and being that there's a lot of popularity to it and the people in it, um, it becomes more of a, I don't want to say party, but it was. You right, know what I yeah, mean? it was I a mean, sprint party. It was yeah, a it sprint was. party. Yeah. <laughs> and, and uh, it was fun, and, and, and that's where I want to get it back to. Um, I like, you know, I see so many new faces inside Pharos, and, and I want them to get inside of Sprint and see what it's all about, and continue to have this kind of, we're gonna be running, we're gonna be jumping, we're gonna get on the treadmill, we're gonna do that, but in an environment that it's not only fun with the camaraderie, everybody's going hard, but with the technicality of actually people working hard and moving well. Yeah. Yeah, and I think almost this, this situation we're in right now has its benefits in that, you know, 
we can't have the same amount of people in the class that we had before mm -hmm. just from a social distancing standpoint but what that allows us to do is obviously pay more attention to less people um, and it makes programming a little more simplified right because now we can you know focus more on specific sprints at specific exactly. times and it is a more manageable situation so although at a certain point the party is limited the access to the party is limited maybe the party is a little better yeah right? exactly. <laughs> exactly let's hope so um so both of you guys you're you're pretty kind of lean all year round your your you know your weight doesn't fluctuate that much you're doing this sprint training um and you're doing your other training as well amir we'll talk about your other stuff because i know you do a lot of other things as well how do you how do you plan your nutrition around the work that you do because you both do a lot of like high intensity work um you both do a lot of weight training uh but you both stay you know pretty lean year round and i'm just curious to know like what what your take on nutrition is and how you guys kind of manage that whole side of things Mia, do you want to start sure yeah um so i use my fitness pal and i you know i count my calories and i try to hit my macronutrients um and it fluctuates and i cheat on it literally all the time but yeah. i try to stay um around that and then on days that i like lift heavy i'll you know add more carbs and i try to kind of eat around that if i'm not doing anything for the day i'll have like less carbs but generally just uh that's yeah base that, that's a great point and that's that's something that i, that I kind of want to emphasize and kind of why i asked you because a lot, a lot of people like ask, ask me about nutrition and diet and, and what you said there about carbohydrate intake is one of the key elements obviously and it is kind of that thing of like the more work that you do the more lifting that you do the more high intensity work that you do it is likely that the more carbohydrates you will need so people yeah. people often get hung up on on carbs um, and how much they should be having uh, and the basic point that you just made is like on the days where i do more I eat more carbohydrates. Yeah. On the days where I do less, I used I to eat be terrified of carbs. Yes. I used to and a lot like, of people. Oh are. my god! I've tried so many different diets. Um, I had I have a very hard time with food. I still do. I, I but like growing up, I just really struggled right. with it. Um, you know, I as a kid, junk food all the time. Like was going fast food all the time. Um, and then college drinking, whatever it was. But. Um, now you can be I've, honest on this. Yeah. You can hundred percent work. Honesty, um, yeah. Right here. So, but I've just found for what like works best for me is to actually have the carbs. Like yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not so scared of it anymore. I have a much healthier relationship, relationship. with food yeah. now with, because of that. And do you you, you kind of like plan those carbs around your training in the meals around your training, or does it not really matter to you? Um, I mean, my days are kind of all over the place based on, you know, clients and this that, and the other thing. So, um, like I said, I mean, it depends, but I usually have like a lighter breakfast, um, because I was doing intermittent fasting for a while, but now I'm just having a lighter breakfast and, um, I do eat my sweet potatoes at night and yeah. stuff like that, but yeah. I should have probably more around lunch cause I train around lunch. I think the point is like carbs aren't good and they're not bad, but they have a purpose. And as mm -hmm. long as you know, understand what that purpose is and what they do and what they're for, then it allows the, cons the consuming carbs to be a lot more freeing on your mind. It's like, I understand what this is doing. It's fueling this. It's helping recover from this. Yeah. It's serving this purpose. And once I understand that, you know, it becomes a much more, you know, manageable yeah, thing. Yeah, it's fuel. It's, it's a fuel. Yeah, it's fuel. And a lot of people just get so, um, 
because this person tells me I should eat carbs, this person tells me I shouldn't eat carbs, I don't know what to do, but it's yeah. all about like your relationship to it. And once you understand what it does, what it's doing for you uh, and how you can use it, mm-hmm. um, I think it's a lot more, more freeing. Yeah. Because I'm, uh, for me, and Tyler will, will come on to you in a second, but for me, it's like my proteins and my fats always stay you know, pretty similar at this point. Yeah. It's only the carbs that really fluctuate. Now I've noticed like, if I go up to like 400 grams of carbs a day, I tend to gain fat a lot. Um, but if I stay around like the 280 to 320 mark, I can stay pretty lean. And it really is kind of like, like you were saying, like just understanding that on the, on the big days, on the heavy days, and I'm doing a ton of work, I can take more in. And on days when I'm not doing so much, I can take in less, um, especially when I'm, I'm 40, almost 43. It's like, I really notice these days, like I have to be right on it with the, with the, with the carb intake. If, if I care about my body fat yeah. percentage and not everybody does to a point, but um, if it is something that frustrates you uh, and it's like, I don't understand, I, I think a lot of people can just look at their carb intake and, and just think, okay, what am I really, what am I really doing? What do I need to really eat for? And what do I need to recover from? And then totally. it becomes a lot more. Yeah, I always give my clients, I, or I tell them to track for just a week and be like really good about tracking, not so that way they become obsessive with it. It's just more of like a see what kind of carbs you're taking and see what protein and everything else. And then you can kind of tweak it from there. Yeah. But if you don't know, like you're starting with nothing. So yeah. And everyone has such a different relationship to it. Like everyone responds to carbs in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, some people just look at a carb and they seem to gain weight. Other people can eat That's all me. the carbs. <laughs> All the carbs in the world, and they, they they never they never gain any any body fat. So, it is a it is your, a unique relationship. Your relationship to food is, is unique. Yeah. Ty, and you're pretty much like me. Like you've tried every fucking diet under the sun. We've Everything experimented a lot with our own bodies. Yeah. Um. Where are you now? What are you What are you up to? Um. I mean, like I think just like you just said. I mean, I'm definitely the guy that if I do eat a lot of carbohydrates, um, I do gain body fat, and I don't know intuitively or bro science or whatever you want to call it when i was a kid i ate a lot of sugar like right. a lot of sugar so my body maybe developed a little bit differently um not necessarily saying these are you know strict like harsh words but insulin resistance like it's your body's just ability to carry insulin so carbohydrates for anyone that's listening like when you eat carbs your insulin rises right so if if um a guy like me, I eat a lot of carbs, I gain a lot of body fat. I don't know if that has a direct relationship. I also eat a lot of fat. So, you know, a recipe for disaster is high carb, high fat, right? Right. Um, I think being that I do a lot of intensity with cardio and then a lot of heavy lifting, I don't do your traditional um, lighter reps, heavy sets, kind of like bodybuilding style. I'm always heavy, 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 sprint, sprint, sprint. so you would think that I eat a lot of carbs, but I don't necessarily do. And that's just me. You know what I mean? But you, you, you eat enough. You, what I found is you, you kind of often need less carbs than you think. Yes. I, mean, I know a lot of people, I mean, for the longest time, I, I was only having like 100, 100 grams of carbs a day, 150 yeah. grams of carbs a day. Yeah. And I, I was kind of fine on that. Now, if I yeah. want to put on mass, Absolutely. I, need to, I need to add more. But it is like pe- people need less carbs than I think. And I think less carbs than traditional books will tell you yeah you know yeah i mean i think um the the way i do eat carbs is around pure activity if i'm gonna be um if i'm gonna be running if i'm gonna be sprinting or do a box jump for my jody training um 
you know, to be completely 100% honest at the table, like I'll take a sugar packet, the raw sugar packets downstairs, and I'll just like down one yeah. with a little bit of water because I know it's like fast glycolytic, yeah. you know, energy. I'm going to use it and um, all of it prob- probably and then kind of go from there. And you perform better. And I yeah. perform better. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've tried, I've tried, you know, when I was, when I was, um, you know, you and I both were right around the same time when we were low carb, when we were like sub, you know, probably what we were like sub 75 sub yeah. 50 um yeah, if that's something honestly it got weird <laughs> it got weird it got when i would do sprinting or anything like activity um you get lightheaded you 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 start to get a little bit of hypoglycemia you start to feel a little weird so you mm. you need them i i'm not an all or nothing kind of guy um but i think like you were saying is the relationship of carbohydrates per person um, is totally different. I think that's hard for people because people want an answer. People are like, well, how many yeah, should I no. have? It's like, honestly, I, I, can't, I can't tell you. Like, I can experiment. give you a ballpark. I yeah, can give you like where you can start. And then it really is just figuring it out for yourself. Like, I know guys who stay at 7% that eat donuts. Yeah, 100%. Like, I, I, you know what I mean? And God bless you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially like exomorphs, right? Like, yeah, you know, it's a couple of guys downstairs right now that yeah, I, know, I, know, I know who you're thinking about. <laughs> yeah, um, that you know that they they grew up as ectomorphs. That they, they they were naturally like thin guys, um, and they they probably have to eat that 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 sugar that glycogen to even like hold the muscle that they wanna that they wanna put on. Um, and they 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 don't gain fat. It's mm-hmm. just one of like, you know. One of those things that we, we all yeah, get like. Yeah, but I just want to say we could both outlift them. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> totally good, totally good, totally good. Um, so you're both, you are Italian in heritage, right? Yeah. yeah, Italian and German. Italian and German. And obviously, Tyler, you are. Yep. And obviously, that heritage comes with a love of pasta, pizza. <laughs> Food. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep, we yep, eat. Yep, yep. And you both said you allow yourselves cheat meals right mm-hmm. absolutely how does that fit into your are you just kind of like whenever the fuck i feel like it or are you like do you plan it out or are you like when does when does it really go down time when is that when is that pizza just like come knocking i mean <laughs> <laughs> um for me i try to be really good about my diet during the week so that way like on the weekend and mm. i go out with my friends i don't feel guilty because yeah. there was a time period in my life that i would avoid social interactions and stuff like that because I knew that food was going to be around and I couldn't control myself. Mm -hmm. So during the week, I really try to keep it together and then I'll let myself, but that doesn't mean I don't cheat during the week. It's just just less of a cheat. Less of a cheat. (laughs) Yeah. So like even today, I knew I wasn't going to be able to eat for a long period of time. I had a maple scone this morning for breakfast. I normally wouldn't do that. Yeah. 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 No, and I think that's important because I think a lot of people what I, what I see a lot of the time is that they make one mistake and that then sends them on a spiral and they mm-hmm. think, oh my God, now that I've fucked up, I might as well keep fucking up. Whereas like just taking the thing for what it is in the moment, it's like, well, I had that thing and so fucking what? Yeah, now I'm going like, exactly. to work out and I'm going to get back in my routine and everything's going to be fine. The problem is always when it like, it, it starts a bad cycle. It starts yeah. like a bad habit and they, they can't get out of it. Yeah, and it's hard to come back from that as well. Like I just had a week of a cheat meal basically for my birthday and then coming back was hard and like, you know, it's a mental, it's a mental struggle as well. But it's like, all right, that happened now back. I'm going to use all of that stuff that I just ate to power myself through the next week of workouts. It's kind of fascinating as well, because like you say, you felt terrible, like all Mm -hmm. food is a drug. Basically, it all has like an effect, a chemical effect on our bodies. 
and um, people people don't think about food in that way. They think about, oh, I feel bad because of some external factors. It's like, no, you feel bad because you just ate shit for a week. That's yeah. why you feel yeah. bad. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, oh, well, I should, I should take something because I, I want to make myself feel better. It's like, if you just stopped eating shit, you'd probably feel better. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, people have to be almost reminded like, yeah, everything you consume is a chemical and your body is reacting to those chemicals. And not just for your body, but for your brain. For your brain like 100%. my mental, you know, mental health depends on it as well oh, from working on eating yeah. right. Yeah. And you're going to be okay. Like yeah. a lot of the people when they go, let's say on a food bender or whatever you want to call it, like you do feel like shit and you're bloated yeah. and all this stuff. And, and, and I'm telling you right now, like if, if you stop in your tracks, you start to start eating like, okay, you know what I mean? And you start eating a little bit better and then you're fine. It's not, it's, you know, water bloat is huge on people's like mental capacities. So like when I have, um, you know, when I have pizza or pasta or anything like that, like, yeah, I'm not gonna feel great. I'm not gonna look great the next day. But like five days from there, when yeah. all that water goes down, like I'm fine. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like you don't need to, because then you'll get into this habitual nature of being like, yo, I had this, and then I go down, and then you're on a roller coaster ride, and your body doesn't know what to do. So it's like, right. it's okay to eat. That what I'm basically saying is it's okay to eat pasta, guys. I have it before <laughs> workouts. <laughs> um. So we, we, we kind of discussed this a little bit that Sprint is a, is a high intensity program. It, it falls in that kind of power endurance category. A lot of people at Pharos, obviously they have this kind of multiplicity in their programming. They're doing lots of different programming. How, how should Sprint fit into their other sessions? Like how many sessions at Sprint should you be doing a week? And how does it fit in with your other programming? I think it depends on your goals, like your body goals and things like that. Let me put it a different way. like. How many times a week can a, a body handle sprint? Oh. Or do you think, I mean, it's still different for different people, right? right. But like at a certain point, it's kind of the same way that I, I talk about CrossFit. If you do like Metcon after Metcon after Metcon every day, your body will break down and you will stop getting any kind of benefit from it. Mm -hmm. Like what would you say in terms of sprint? How many, how many sprints a week should a person be doing? Could they handle? Yeah, I think um it definitely is a person to person thing but i think uh you know beginners i like to start you out on like two days yeah um the things that you're going to start to feel is tightness through the calves through the achilles um hip flexors hip flexors exactly <laughs> yeah. you know any any kind of um joint access mark like that is all lower half uh you're going to feel and a little bit of tightness so i i usually start people on two days a week but going forward off of that uh sprint is so low impact on from a weight bearing perspective that you can technically do this you know i wouldn't say you know four or five times a week oh really yeah yeah does it mean um me and one of my uh, one of my clients we we're talking about it you know saying like we're on this high performance hypertrophy program but we want to get back into sprint and we were saying for us like to doing sprint twice a week would be a really good compliment to the other work that we do. Um, I think any more than that, it would start to like be, be too much stress on my, on my old body, my old bones. But yeah, I, I certainly found for me, you know, it's making that choice between, we, when you look at that kind of power endurance category and you, you think about sprint, you think about compete, all that CrossFit mm -hmm. type stuff. And I think about boxing and stuff, like how many of those kind of really fit in to, to work not to track from everything that I'm trying to do. And, like I find like two, maybe three times a week is the most that my, my body can handle before I stop seeing like the benefit and I just kind of feel run down. So I think um, if you guys are out there listening, like if you're doing, 
if you're doing other programs, if you're doing like the build or you're doing the hybrid or you're doing uh, you're doing compete or um, you're doing lift, you know, I think finding time to slot in sprint like at least twice a week, you know, you're gonna you're gonna feel, uh, see some real benefits there. And I think especially for other programs like compete where you know we all know what what crossfit is and what the benefits of it are but like i said before when it comes down to pure conditioning if you're just thinking about how how fit in the exclamation marks yeah. you are there is nothing better than sprint yeah. so if you want to improve your conditioning get better at sprint absolutely right mm -hmm. yeah absolutely um, you'd be surprised too like i have a lot of people coming into sprint that um they're like wow you know i haven't deadlifted let's let's say a hinge movement especially deadlift or squat and they're like i pr i'm like yeah absolutely i mean you're, you're the the amount of muscle engagement in a sprint is from studies i've, I've seen that it's more than a than a deadlift in a squat well from a max effort also central nervous system, exactly right? from a cns perspective yeah. exactly it's lighting up those motor units and and um and so <laughs> from you could probably take this one Mia, but from a from a female perspective a lot of females uh how do i put this correctly guys like a bigger butt correct 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 <laughs> um and from a pure biological thing sprinting somehow some way gives you yeah. a big butt <laughs> yeah you look at sprinters yeah, the Olympics. Exactly. A lot of good butts. A lot of good butts out there on the Olympic, <laughs> that hundred meter dash track. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I mean, yeah. a lot of good physiques in general. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a good point, and I wanted to kind of delve into this. Like, as as a woman, um, and this has become a very popular program for women. Mm -hmm. What do you think the appeal is for women in this program? I mean. Well, it depends again, like what your goals are and stuff like that. But like for me, my goal coming in was to, I hate saying tone up, but like right. lean muscle and everything, else, you, you know. Yeah. Um, and for me, that was adding sprint was what kind of did that. So like, you know, I got a smaller waist, a bigger butt, my, you know, <laughs> legs got thicker and like, that's yeah. what I was going in for. So, and that is like what a lot of women kind of are looking for as far as aesthetically and I think that yeah that's yeah. I never thought the class was going to go that way I <laughs> was, was like it's a lot of women it's though. a lot of girls yeah. I would say it's a majority of females over males yeah uh, especially on the more um you know bigger time slots and uh because when I first did this I was like well this is going to be fun it's going to be like a locker room all the guys are going to show up that yeah. used to play football and or track or sports and they're just going to talk and then all of a sudden yeah um I, I was looking around class. I was like, there's two guys in here and 10 females. I'm like, all right, <laughs> this is Girls the way Girls are very is. competitive too. Oh, yeah. So it's oh, like... absolutely. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I tell you, I tell you also. Yeah. And I, I just love that. I always call it like anabolic nature. It's the mm -hmm. anabolic nature of sprint. You just feel so charged after it. Like, as opposed to like, you know, the catabolic effect of like going for a 20K run and you just feel kind of like, oh, I mean, yeah. obviously you have some endorphins that release, but you feel kind of like, broken afterwards whereas yeah. sprint you just feel charged up hey, you feel good go. yeah. yeah it's uh it's just it, everybody that takes the classes the, the sprint high is real people it, it the really sprint is. high is real yeah yeah um i have a big question i'm gonna ask you guys in a second but before we get into that um fitness is important to both of you guys obviously it's been a big part of your life especially especially recently did 
how how did quarantine affect you? Did it like leave you kind of jaded about fitness, or did it leave you even more like determined about fitness? Was it like when I get back back out of quarantine, I'm gonna fucking dominate the fitness world, or was it like you know kind of like? Um, I wanted it so badly. Uh, my it was for me at this point, like or at that point, it was more of a mental thing. It was more for my mental health that I needed fitness. I was ready to get back into the gym as soon as I could. Um, I really tried to keep up with all of like the you know online workouts and stuff like that. But I did run myself down. I was doing, doing I, too much. I was doing too much because I had now all the time in the world. Time. I wasn't working, yeah. and so I was like, yeah. "Oh, this is great! I could do like three classes in a day, right. and then go for a hike and do all yeah. the stuff." And I did, and then uh, I ended up injuring myself. Not even from that, um, I was sprinting on gravel and fell and oh, <laughs> busted my knee open. So I was forced to take time off, and then like in that week, I was like, "Wow, okay." I, I like need to work out. Like I just like don't feel good physically, mentally and everything else. But yeah, so I was like ready to come back as soon as possible for my mental health. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Ty? Um, I mean, whew, I don't want to take this. From a quarantine perspective, I, yeah, everything fitness wise, I was, you know, I'm in your boat. Like this is probably a different podcast, but I think everything that happened, um, from a pandemic standpoint, I was like, not yes, finally, but I was like, okay, there's a lot of undermarking things that from a health perspective that we're missing. And I'm like, wow, people are gonna start to take fitness seriously, their diet seriously, health seriously, and there was just gonna be this health renaissance. And I was like, yo, when we're out of this, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, and we're still getting out of it, right? And that right. could happen. Right. Um, I mean, we hope so. I mean, me and you talked so. about this, and we just hope that obviously, people learn something from this. Like we, we know who have been the most effective, who have been at the most risk, and we know that we can do something about it. And we just hope that it's not like, okay, got the vaccine, yeah. gotta go back to my, like, my life. We're here gonna... to help. Yeah. That's our job. <laughs> yeah. And and we're, 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 we're coming here with open arms, and I, yeah, I just felt like there was gonna be this push towards health, and, and like you just said, I, I, I don't, I don't I hope there still is, that's all. Yeah, I think I think for a lot of us, like obviously we care a lot about what we do. It kind of like strengthened our purpose, you know, what we're trying to do here. And um, as, as hard as as challenging as it has been, it really, I, I think, has put health and fitness back on the map as, as, a, as, a, as a tool for human survival. Because if we don't take care of ourselves, we're all fucking gonna peril. Like, yeah. that's, that's it. So uh, we really hope that 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 is the case and it's not just a case of like oh i got my vaccine i'm gonna go back to the same life i was living make the same mistakes you know all that stuff um yeah mm -hmm. you're somewhat of a social media starlet oh on gosh. tiktok right. <laughs> how do you it's a minefield and again Tyler, we talked about this mm -hmm. is it good or is it bad oh geez uh <laughs> because as a fitness business and as a fitness professional, it's it's become necessary. Mm -hmm. But how is your relationship with it? Do you do you like it? Do you kind of? Hate I have it? a like love hate relationship with it. Um, 
as a creator, um, I will say- Because your TikTok's good. I enjoy it. Like, oh, it's fun thank to watch. You. <laughs> oh, this is embarrassing. I'm going to blush. Okay. Um, yeah, no, it's, um, it was, a, okay. So basically it was a great outlet for me personally during the quarantine and everything mm. else. It was a big um, push, like my mental health, like I said, was, you know, a little rocky and it really helped me get through it because I was constantly, it was a constant stream of like me just laughing at things and like, you know, having an outlet to be creative and do something. And then, you know, people picked up on it and started liking it. So then I, you know, then it became like a community thing. So in that aspect, I think that it's really good. It opens your eyes to a community that you may not know was there that you can relate to. It brings people together. So in that aspect, it's great. But um, then it is also a like time suck and you know, you get too into it. Like I try to post every day and that gets yeah. tiring and it's like sometimes I don't want to look at my phone anymore and like, so there's that. And I get a lot of backlash as well. I was going to say, do you get a lot of words? Oh like... my God, do I ever. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, I try not to look at my DMs a I lot of the time. Um, yeah. I get some fun stuff on there, but also a lot of... Um, comments and stuff from certain people um that are very negative or is that from women or from men or from men oh really never women <laughs> really it's always men and yeah. men are saying negative things about you yeah 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 wow so fucking yeah 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 people love to mansplain um what is, what, say that again mansplain <laughs> what's that when um, there is like something like someone to like I posted something about like uh, rest days right and I was like man like I do I take a rest day do I not take a rest day there was like this whole thing and some guy was like well you should take rest days because da da da, da but basically was like explaining to me like why rest days were beneficial as if I was like a right. like I was dumb and like didn't know like obviously right. I know rest days are beneficial wow. but it's just like uh, stuff like that's that explaining yeah I need a new dictionary. No, don't we? Yeah, I, 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 I mean, so at this point, we I don't really even know what TikTok. The only reason yeah. I know what TikTok is is because you you have yeah. TikTok, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> so terrible, Tyler. You hate it, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, it's terrible. <laughs> okay, uh, Brandon, do you have a clock, a timer? Uh, yes, we do. Uh -oh. I'm going to time on something. Ready? Hang on. Are we competing? Oh, no, 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 you're not competing. Oh darn! Actually, let's write this down. So we're going to set, set the clock for one minute, okay? I'm going to ask you what your purpose is, but you don't have to write down a whole paragraph. You just think of three words that fit into your purpose in a minute. Yeah. So I did this earlier, and I'll just give you an example. Uh, I wrote down protect, build, and understand. That were my three things. Now, obviously, you can go all the kinds of direction with those three points, but what are three things that come to mind? What are the first three things that come to mind when somebody asks you what your purpose is? You ready with the clock, Brandon? Mm -hmm. Ready? Three, two, one. You're making me nervous. I don't want to use the same ones you did. What did you just use? <laughs> I don't want to use those ones. I did protect, build, and understand. Okay, yeah. No. Looks thick, guys. The tension is building. I really yeah, don't know. There is no wrong answer, obviously. When we, uh, when we put this out, we'll put like a lift music. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You have 20 seconds, Mia. All right, That's I can't. I don't know what I'm <laughs> Do we have to write it down? I, I got it in my head. Mia wrote down one thing and screwed it up. 
It's mansplaining. Oh, that was my first one. It's I literally wrote it there. Yeah. Mansplaining is the first one. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. And time, everybody. Okay, Mia. No, no, no. What is your first. Oh, Tyler. <laughs> what is your purpose? Um, teach, humble, and observe. That's what I wrote down. Um, teaching wise, like I'm, I'm always, uh, you know, trying to be an open book when it comes down to understanding anything about anything. Um, and from a fitness perspective, I continuously learn. I think the moment you stop learning, um, it, it, you know, you waste a very big portion of you know, your brain, your life or anything like that. Like we're so, we're such sponges and you, there's always something to learn about something. Um, and then humble is my second that definitely appeals to the first one is when you do have that knowledge, um, be humble about it. Don't, don't talk down to people, teach people, understand them where they're coming from. Um, try to make them uh, feel like they're, they want to learn as well. I think we stop learning at a certain point. We go through school and then we end school and then we're done. I think that's a really good point because I think there's a big trend now like people like learn something and then they think it's their responsibility to throw it down everyone's throat absolutely like you have to, you have to think this because this is what I this is what I learned and this is mm-hmm. what I know like, exactly and it's because we're in the, we're in the age of information right we never are you know our parents and have uh, growing up Google or anything like that people can be Google or internet uh, professors and they'll just figure something out and they're like well I heard this this is this and this is fact it's like be humble about it guys like that's why observe is my my last one because um, it's observe everybody like be objective like hear their opinions understand them where they're maybe coming from you just got to take a step back to do that a little bit I think everybody's so focused on themselves um that they don't get a time to take a breath stop where they are it's like when you're the best way to describe it always to a lot of people is like i feel like we're on a one big like long road trip and we're in the driver's seat so we don't really necessarily <laughs> unless you're me get a look around and my um my beautiful fiance is like tell you watch the road because there's a semi coming right after me while i'm looking around and um but you don't get to so just take a second stop observe what we're all doing because we're all in this together guys yeah, that's good points. Mia. Okay, well, I had written down teach, so that was my first one. <laughs> Thanks very much. Um, but yeah, no, just oh, go yeah, ahead. no, no. I was gonna say because we should we should we talk about this because you 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 also do a lot of Pilates, right? Yeah, you do a lot of. I'm a Pilates there. instructor. Yeah, yeah. And it's the reformer style Pilates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, reformer mat. Um, I, there's so many different pieces of equipment you can use, but yeah. Um, so I do that as well. Um, so for me, like my, what I find super rewarding is being able to teach someone what they're capable of doing when they don't think that they're capable of doing it. Um, I get almost like a high from, from it when I see the spark in someone's like, eye, like, oh, like, okay, I can do this. And like, like get some sort of satisfaction from for themselves of how to do things and like that's where my fire kind of comes from which kind of goes into my second word which is like community um for me growing up i've always kind of been searching for like a friendship family type um of situation and um 
I have found it in many different groups and everything else. But for me, a sense of community um, that becomes like your family is super important to me. My One of my love languages, my top love language is quality time. And I think that kind of feeds into it as well. It's like, I love being surrounded by people. I love um, pushing each other to do our best and feeding off of each other's like fire um, and stuff like that. And then um, inspire was my... Uh, other word because all I want to do is be able to inspire someone to do something um, incredible with their lives Mm. like I love to help build other people up it's not so much about me I mean maybe it is in a sense but like that's where my drive comes from that's great and going back to that first point like what what I love about someone like yourself is that you didn't find one thing and just stick with it you didn't find Pilates and think this is the thing that I do and this is this is what oh yeah it's like you took that and you said, well, now I'm going to explore this arena and I'm going to explore this arena. I'm going to yeah. put myself in all these different I've tried everything. To, yeah, <laughs> and, and help everyone as much as I can in all these different yeah. spots, which is great. Yeah. And she's a great compliment to my coaching style because she is so, you do give compliments and you are so inspiring where like, it's just my nature, guys. When somebody does something amazing, I'm like, good job. That's like as high as yeah. I get. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. it's honestly, it just comes from years of being the little guy in sports. I mean, yeah. like, <laughs> it's like, we well, could always do better. You could always do better. So I'm glad I got Mia here because she's just going to tell you, like, not to say I'm not going to give you a good job, but she is <laughs> so inspiring. She's so awesome. She brings happy energy all the time. I'm the big grump yeah. over here. <laughs> Good cop, bad cop. Everybody needs it. Exactly. All right, guys, that was great. Thank you so much for coming in. Uh, thank you for taking time. We appreciate it. Ty, where can people find you? Ty Manzo, Instagram. Shout out. And then upstairs in the loft, always. <laughs> Sprint. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, guys, 9 a.m. Coming Sundays. There you yeah. go. Uh, Mia, where can people find you? TikTok, right? Oh, God. Uh, yeah, TikTok or uh, Instagram is M and then my last name, Parziali, which no one's going to be able to spell. So <laughs> we gotta, we got to work on that. We got to change. <laughs> yeah. 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 You can find me on the Pharaoh's Instagram. What's um, and the TikTok handle is the same? It's, I honestly I don't TikTok even know. It could just be, it could be that or it's my first name and last name together. I got I don't even remember. <laughs> the kids out there know. Exactly. They know how to find Yeah, they know. Knows. They know. All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for coming again. I appreciate it. Uh, guys, we'll be back with you uh, soon. I hope you're all well out there and look, looking forward to connect with you shortly. Remember, we are at 1316 Glendale Boulevard in Echo Park. You can find us at Ferris Echo Park on Instagram or www.jointhepack.fit uh, on the website. Uh, we are now open. Isn't that yes, amazing to say? We are now open. Wow. You can wow. come and do real gym things in a real gym environment <laughs> with real people. It's amazing. Um, Yeah, so come down, check it out, and uh, we look forward to seeing you soon. Peace out. Take care, guys.